You're listening to Irish Radio Canada at home and abroad and it's been a number of years since uh, I had a chat with Elizabeth Radmore and Elizabeth had produced a beautiful trilogy, uh, the Kushla series, based on her early years in the north of Ireland and the journey that her dad had taken, uh, well it's written as fiction but based on the journey that her dad had taken to bring the family to Canada and then the arrival in Canada and the subsequent settling in Canada and that trilogy as I say is the Kushla series and fascinating because um, Elizabeth's dad uh, in the story and we know to be true was a bare knuckle fighter and spent time travelling around the north of Ireland and trying to make money from bare knuckle fighting. Elizabeth has written another book, a new book, and it is Lilith, A Story of Courage and Determination, and it is historical fiction. And like many books that are historical fiction, they're often based very heavily on incidents and facts, and many times the names uh, are just changed to protect those that had to live through some of the situations that appear in historical fiction. Uh, Lilith is, I say, a story of courage and determination and I'm having the opportunity here to sit down with Elizabeth and hear a little bit about the background and what brought this book about, what it's about and uh, where in the coming period of time you may be able to get your hands on a copy. Elizabeth, thanks a million for coming along for oh, chat. Thank you very much. Um, since we chatted, um, before we talk about Lilith, let's go back to the uh, Kushla. Uh, how long is it since you've finished off on that? That, I believe, is uh, 2012. That was the last. Okay. And I know also that you um, do art, because I've come, come across you out there with some beautiful artwork on stones that is so detailed, it's, it's phenomenal. Yes, I do enjoy that, and um, that's almost how this book started. Right. Because I was at a little art fair right here in Stittsville, and um, <clears throat> I had my books, and I had my, my rocks, and different pieces of art, and um, I was busy talking to some people about my book. They were asking me questions, and they were buying it, and I was uh, signing it for them, and along came this beautiful Irish woman and I remember her lovely face she was dressed in purple and she had white white hair and uh, she was waiting very patiently with one of my books in her hand and she said uh, finally when I got a, a minute free she said Kushla she said this must be about Ireland and I said um, indeed it is it's, it's uh, a lot about what happened to me as a child with my father and um, we actually lived with gypsies for about four months and he became a bare knuckle fighter and so she was so intrigued by this and she said well, well I'm Irish and uh, then she started to tell me about uh, the story that she was a child in one of the industrial schools and then just as she was getting going on her story this, a few other people wanted to buy my book so I, I excused myself and I said I'll be right back and I went and I was signing my book taken their money and by the time I got back she was gone and I looked oh my gosh I looked all over for her and uh, believe it or not I looked for her for four years everywhere I went I'd go to a grocery store and say I wonder if she's here go to the park 
I wonder if she's here, and then a few other little um, little craft shows and things in Stittsville, I always look for her. Then about, I guess it's about two years ago now, um, I got a phone call from this. I didn't, I didn't recognize her voice, but it's, uh, the, the voice said, um, I'd love to come to your place and have you uh, teach me how to paint on stones. And she said, would you do that? And I said, well, certainly I do that. I said, when would you like to come? She said, tomorrow. I said, all right. So we made arrangements for her to come. And uh, I remember her knocking on the door. And then I opened it and I said, oh my God, it's you. And she says, well, indeed it is. And so she came in and we've been friends ever since. But in our little art sessions, She's telling me all about what she went through in the industrial schools mm. and how hard it was and and the uh, oh the horrendous times she was starved she was abused she was beaten and she said she was so full of lice and scabies and all the rest of it so it was it was horrific so that's actually how the the book began. So Elizabeth, from your own experience growing up. Uh, while we all would have a certain awareness of industrial schools and a certain awareness of other places, we had really no knowledge. No, I know. And your experience of growing up in the north of Ireland and in Belfast and in, in what would have been challenging times, again, you would have, it would have been a world that none of us had any uh, real knowledge of. No, not at all, not at all. So for you, as for any of us, uh, and with what has come out over the last number of years, the stories that you were being told, you must have found them horrendous and horrific. I certainly did. It was, it was just unbelievable. As a matter of fact, when I was a child, my, my mother used to, if, if I misbehaved, she'd say, you're going to end up in a laundry. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea what a laundry was. I mm -hmm. just thought it meant, mm -hmm. well, it'd be hard work. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize she was actually referring to like a Magdalene laundry. And I doubt if they actually knew. Your mother probably actually didn't know the full extent. No, she probably didn't. No. 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 Because again, we grew up in an environment where the people who ran these institutions were actually to some degree venerated. Probably. I, I really didn't know anything about that, really. Well, other than, I think, in, in most, certainly in, in a lot of rural Irish towns where there would have been um, clergy, nuns and priests, there was a fear. Oh, gosh, yes. Everybody feared any kind of religion. You were always, you were always good. <laughs> I remember going out the door, my mother would say, remember... If God can see you, so you were always like, "Oh my God, looking around, I better not, I better not do that because God's watching." <laughs> so Lilith um, is a fictional character, but very much based on Catherine Trace. Some of Catherine Tracy's experience. Yes, the the earlier years, and um, when she um, she actually did uh, live in an industrial school, mm -hmm. and it's it's an incredible story because. She um, she actually escaped one mm -hmm. of them when she was 13. And I don't know if you know this, but in these schools, you had to have somebody come to sponsor you to get out, like a, a relative. Mm -hmm. She had nobody. And um, she didn't even know her own name until she met a sister of hers 
Um, she was 8'4", too, for forever. And um, so she had just decided that she'd had enough when she was 13. Right. She walked out, well, I guess she, she had to escape. Mm -hmm. So she got out and with nothing but the clothes on her back. And she actually walked to Dublin, mm -hmm. hopped a cattle boat, and actually ended up in Liverpool, mm -hmm. and um, lived in the park there for some time, and uh, just living off scraps and whatever she could find. She actually made her way to London, only to find the same fate that she was in. She lived in Hyde Park. Right. And she was just digging in the garbage for scraps of uh, food. And if people were throwing uh, bread down for pigeons, she'd scoop up the bread. Mm -hmm. And at night, she'd uh, sleep on a bench and cover herself with newspaper. Right. So I think that went on for two to three weeks. And then one day, um, this woman who, had, who worked in the Green Park Hotel, which is actually the Hilton today, and she would pass by there every morning going to work. And she'd see this poor girl sleeping on this bench. Well, she approached her one day and just said, do you have no home to go to? Uh, why are you here? And uh, Catherine just said, well, no, I'm, I'm just hoping that things will get better and I'll get a job. That was her response. Um, <clears throat> but the, uh, the lady just said uh, to her, well, follow me. And Catherine still thinks to this day, why did I just get up and follow her? Mm -hmm. And I think it was because it was, she was so destitute, she had no choice but to follow her. Taking a step back, um, many people ended up in the Magdalene laundries or in institutions um, for a variety of reasons. And in, particularly in the Magdalene laundries, an awful lot of girls uh, ended up in the Magdalene Audrey's because they found that they were pregnant. But um, this was not the case here. Uh, Catherine's journey to um, care was from a, a different situation. Yes, her mother was ill and she couldn't even be considered an orphan because she still, her mother was alive even though she was dying mm -hmm. um, in an, in an I think it was the sanatorium, she was dying. So she, there was, she had no choice from mm -hmm. two years old. Mm -hmm. She was in, and she said she was working from two to three years old. Even children were working, polishing mm -hmm. and whatever. So and her dad wasn't, he, he, he was wasn't around. He was, he was gone. He was gone. Right, yeah. right. So the, um, she and her sister, the mother couldn't take care of them and they found themselves in, in the care of the nuns. There's actually seven sisters. Okay. And Catherine didn't even know that she had those sisters until she actually got out and in England met one of the sisters who told her her name was Catherine okay. and told her about all these other sisters that she had. Right, right. And two of them were in the, uh, the laundry. Two With them, her? Two of them were in the laundry. She never actually made it to the laundry. Okay. She was actually in the industrial school, okay. but she had uh, two sisters that were old enough to be put in the laundry. Right, right. And the other aspect of, of all of this, of course, is that um, the system, while Catherine was given a number, part of it was to dehumanize and to totally take somebody's 
personality who they were away from. Absolutely. She said she had, uh, she was told that she was worthless and that nobody wanted her. Mm -hmm. And what does that do to your, mm -hmm. you know, your whole psyche and everything is just your self-esteem. You don't have any. As, as far as I recall as well from what I read, in her effort to escape, um, when she got to Dublin, she reached out for help to find that she was heading back into the same circle again. Yes. Well, that's where I kind of take a little... Um, liberty. little liberty. And so right. that's, that becomes the, the more fictional part of it. Okay. As, as when you get into the story, um, I do fictionalize. The, the rest of the novel is, is strictly out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, given, given what you had been fed to start with, I can see how the projection of imagination. Oh, right. absolutely. Yeah. Catherine was just wonderful. And she's still, she's still telling me when she comes on, she comes every Tuesday. Right. And there's still things that she's telling me that are not in the book. And I wish, I wish you'd told me that before. So it's, it's volume two of what yeah, might probably. be another, another trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> Could be. Uh, yeah. So, again, we keep it in context, it is historical fiction based on, but you mentioned that Catherine found herself in London and has now found herself in Canada, uh, managed to get from London to Canada, so has managed to, uh, one can never sort out their psyche or their life, but has managed to find herself a good life in Canada. Well, going back to London, um, when she, this, this woman took her back to the hotel, she gave her a job as a chambermaid. Mm -hmm. And she worked at the, that, uh, the hotel for about so after two and a half years. And then she saw a poster or something that said, uh, if you want to become a nurse, um, sign up. Okay. And so she did that, but the, the stumbling block for her was she had no identification papers. Right. So I think she had to, uh, to, to go to the Irish Embassy and find out things like that to, to actually get some, right. some papers for yeah. her. And it was then that she actually studied as a nurse, became a nurse, yeah. and uh, finally met um, her husband over there, and then they emigrated to Canada. Okay. When you say she studied, the other thing I remember reading and, uh, was that despite these young girls, but also I, I understand in, in probably in the boys' situation, despite them being sent to what were supposedly industrial schools, they weren't necessarily being taught. No, Catherine said she couldn't even read or write. Yeah. So when she went to the hotel, actually she said she stole some books. Right. And when she went to the hotel, there was a... a one of the cooks taught her and uh, helped her along with uh, learning how to read. Mm -hmm. And so this is all self-taught. Mm -hmm. And when she, she actually, when she went to uh, set the little exam for the nurse, she said she did really well in the general knowledge because she had, uh, she, she was so voracious in, in her reading that she mm -hmm. just couldn't get enough. Mm -hmm. She was at the library all the time. Right, right. Yeah. So, 2016, you really started to get into this. Yes, yeah. yes. So, it, um, in pulling everything together and uh, Catherine coming to talk to you and absorbing it all, um, I've heard um, writers say that when they create characters, that those characters um, adopt a life of their own. 
Oh, absolutely. Just totally. It's, it's amazing how that... I, I still think of them. I'm, I almost... I, I talk to them. Right. I actually have conversation with these. And that these characters develop independently of you. Yes, they do. They do. <laughs> it sounds a bit weird, but that's, that's the way it is. Right. And yeah. so of the other characters that you bring into the story, uh, how many others would you have? How many would have come out of the darkness and made and introduced themselves oh, to you? Oh, wow. There's, um, let's see, there's, especially in the hotel, there was the, the, the woman that saved her. And then there's a few of the, um, one of the characters, she, and this is true, this is what, uh, this is a, back to Catherine. She shared a room with a, how shall I put this? She was a, a chambermaid, but at night she kind of donned all this other different clothes and black net stockings, and then off she would go to her other job sort of thing. And then, um, so Catherine said... She was she, literally moonlighting. Yes. Well, she was a prostitute. <laughs> That's what uh, Catherine said, you know. And she'd come in at all hours, and, and she, you know, sometimes she'd be, sometimes she'd come in with bruises and whatever, yeah, you know. And yeah. uh, um, so she's, she's a funny character. And then there's another character that, there's two others that, uh, in the story, this is where the humor comes in. There's one of them, uh, Hannah, who is sort of the, the head, um, I guess to be a waitress. And she feels that she's so far above the chambermaids that she just feels that Catherine's nothing. Right. right. So they always have this little running, you know, don't get in my way sort of thing like this. And uh, But Hannah ends up, they're, they're doing a New Year's Eve party, or Christmas Eve party. And uh, Lilith actually sees Hannah tipping the champagne. So that that comes into a very funny little area because... They end up seeing another Scottish waitress have to get her down the stairs and out out of the way. Right. But that's the, and they've come alive. They're totally they're 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 people. They're yes. you know yes. they're no longer these just words on a book. Right. I can yeah. see them. I can see their face and. So the book is now in print between the covers. Um, you're hoping to launch fairly soon yes yes and I know that's not yet finalized and then you're going to organize some signings around oh yes definitely there will be uh, definitely signings of, um, probably in a few bookstores right that I will be uh, and are you hoping to get this noticed in Ireland oh I would love to I'm going to take it with me yeah now the last one I, I actually went to Dublin to um, what was it called Black Blackthorn Publishing. Okay. Now, I didn't hear anything, but okay. I'm, I'm going to try that again. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. Well, I'm certainly um, delighted to, to have had the opportunity to read a little bit of it in advance. And um, I found the writing um, very compelling, just your writing style. Oh. Uh, is It's easy to sit and read what is a compelling story, and not an easy story, because oftentimes... To read something that is difficult, if it's written in a difficult way, it only makes it harder. And this mm. was beautifully written, and I certainly strongly do recommend it to anyone that can uh, come out when it's, you, you get on the circuit. Um, Elizabeth, I want to thank you for taking the time. It's been great having a chat, and uh, I really enjoyed reading it, and I wish every success with it. Thank you very much.